Praise God. Amen. Let's go to the book of Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 1. Again, as you're turning there, thank God for grace and mercy today. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 2. We will read five verses this morning. Taking our text from the last verse. And you hath he quickened to made alive. It means to be made alive. Thankful that we are new creatures in Christ. Amen. Who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh. This is the old man. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And were by nature the children of wrath. That was going to be our inheritance right there, the wrath of God. Thank God for grace and mercy. Even as others. But God. But God. Who is rich in mercy. For his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened or made, a, made us alive together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. But God who is rich in mercy, and by grace ye are saved. I want to preach on this simple title this morning, Grace and mercy grace and mercy praise the lord would you help me pray that god would talk to us this morning and we would hear the word of the lord jesus i pray and ask you lord for your anointing god i can't do anything without you it's sounding brass and tinkling cymbals unless you are in it God, I pray that you would speak to me and through me. I, I already feel like you have spoken this into my spirit, into my soul. I pray you would anoint me, help me to deliver what I feel you've placed on my heart today. God, help it to be a blessing to somebody. God, I pray for grace and mercy to flow freely in this house. God, for the, to change somebody's life. In Jesus' name I pray. Let the church say amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated this morning. <clears throat> may have told the story before, um, the story about a man who stormed into a photographer's studio to complain about the quality of the pictures that he had received. He had gone in and paid the fee for pictures to be taken, and he was not happy about or happy with the results that he received, and so <clears throat> he Storms in to speak to the photographer, and, he, and he's quite angry. And angrily, he says, and he shouts, Sir, these pictures do not do my looks or my face justice. To which the photographer simply replied, Sir, with a face like yours, you don't want justice, you want mercy. <clears throat> Thankful for the grace and the mercy of God. Amen. I don't know that I want justice, but I want grace and I want mercy this morning. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Grace has been defined uh, by many theologians 
It's defined by many dictionaries. I, I, I'm going to use this definition if, if, if it's okay for just a little while. I feel like the, the scriptures bear this definition out. I feel like it is, this definition is supported by scriptures. But grace is when we receive blessings and things that we did not deserve. Grace is when I received blessings and salvation and redemption and things from God that I did not deserve. Amen. Brother Piercy was talking about the servant attitude and a humble and contrite spirit. And I, I want to have a humble and contrite spirit today. I, I know God has blessed me with things that I did not deserve to be blessed with. Praise the Lord. Second Timothy chapter 1. Uh, verse number 9, he said, Who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling? Not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace. Thank God for amazing grace this morning. It wasn't any works that I could do, but it was only because of the grace of God Amen. Which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Titus in chapter 3, verse number 5, we read, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. I did not deserve it, but because of His grace, He made us joint heirs with Him. We did not deserve it, but because of grace, He gave us hope of eternal life. Because, because of His grace, I have eternal access into eternity with Jesus Christ. I didn't deserve it. It wasn't anything that I could do of my own Thank God for amazing grace this morning. If you're thankful for grace, put your hands together and give him a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5 says, Having predestined us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace. All glory to God's grace. Not anything that I've done, but I give all the glory to His grace. Paul went on to say, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. I didn't deserve to be accepted, but by grace I can be accepted into the body of Christ this morning. I'm thankful. God, because of grace, He made a way out of no way. Because of grace... He gave me an opportunity to sit in an apostolic Pentecostal pew. Because of grace and only because of grace, He made a way to give me love and joy and peace, the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful for grace this morning. Verse 7, He went on to say, In whom, talking about Christ, we have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. I, I could just spend all day talking about that. Thank God for the blood. His grace brought redemption through His blood. His grace brought forgiveness of sin. 
I didn't merit. I didn't deserve it. Thank God for amazing grace this morning. The only way we're redeemed this morning is because of His grace. I've got forgiveness of sin. I've been forgiven because of His grace. He said, according to the riches of His grace. God is rich in grace this morning. The Bible says His grace is sufficient. God has enough grace to to, to bestow upon each and every one of us. God has enough love and enough grace to give us exactly not what we deserve, but what, what He wants to give us in spite of what we deserve. Matter of fact, verse 8, He says, according to the riches of His grace, verse 8, wherein He hath abounded toward us. Abounded toward us. He didn't have, he doesn't have just a little bit of grace. He's got an, a bountiful amount, an unending supply. He can abound grace toward us. Thank God. That word abounded is perusio. It means superfluous or, or superfluous or in excess. God has more than enough. Let me just tell you, my God is more than enough. He can supply all my needs. He is my hell to die. He always looks out for me. My God is more than enough. His grace is more than enough. His grace is always sufficient. Romans 3.23 says, For all, everybody say all. all, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means not a single one of us are perfect. Not a single one of us deserve it. But we are being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. It's only because of the grace of God that I can stand redeemed. Thank you, God, for amazing grace. Like that old Clint Blunt Brown song, Where Would I Be? You only know. If it wasn't for God's grace, thank you for your amazing grace. Said, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Hopeless case. If not for grace, there's things in our lives, there's power in our soul, there's joy unspeakable that we have. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. Only because of God's grace. God's grace. God's grace. All kinds of songs we sing about grace. And I'm thankful for the amazing grace of God. One, I heard one definition. They, they made grace an acronym. They said it's God's redemption at Christ's expense. I didn't earn it, but God. But God who's rich in mercy. <laughs> Wherewith he loved us. He went to the cross. God's redemption at Christ's expense. I didn't earn it. Christ earned it for us. 
When the devil looks at you and says, you don't deserve God's grace, you can look right back and say, you're absolutely right. But let me give you the whole truth. I got it because of Christ. It was Christ's expense. It's because God gave it to me. And the reason the devil doesn't want you to have grace is because he knows he'll never have grace. He can't be redeemed. But let the redeemed of the Lord say so. If you've been redeemed, you ought to lift up your hands and your voice and say so. Colossians 1.14 says, in whom we have redemption. We have it. I didn't have it, but now I do. Why? Through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. It was the grace of God. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Ephesians 2 and 8, a few verses after our text this morning. For by grace are you saved through faith, in that not of yourselves. Brother Nick, we couldn't earn it. I couldn't live holy enough. For by grace are we saved through faith. That means you got to understand. you got to have some faith and say, I know I didn't deserve it. I know I don't deserve it. I know I'll never deserve it. But thank God he gave it to me anyhow. Thank God for amazing grace. Grace grace is being given something that you didn't deserve. Thank you, God, for amazing grace. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for washing me. Thank you for sanctifying me. Thank you for justifying me. Thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you for love and joy and all the fruit of the Spirit. Thank you for grace. For by grace are you saved through faith and not that not of yourselves, but it is the gift of God. Verse 9 says, not of works. Everybody say, not of works. Nothing I did. I didn't deserve it. Look at somebody tell you, you didn't deserve it. Lest any man should boast, the Bible says. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Oh, look at me. Look at how good I am. Look at how, that's that thing you were talking about this morning. Oh, like I'm entitled to this. I, you ain't entitled to nothing. It's only by the grace of God. Well, you're a pastor. You're a Pentecostal. You're a, it's only by the grace of God I can even come, Brother Cotton, into the house of faith. It's only by the grace of God I can live an overcoming life in His presence. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we, everybody say we, are His workmanship. That's why Paul said, There's in me dwelleth no good thing save or except Christ. I'm his workmanship. 
I'm, I'm trying to do my best, but I'm telling you, I have nothing without God's hand on my life. Thank God for grace. His grace is sufficient. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. It wasn't anything that we did, but thank God for the cross. Titus chapter 2, verse 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation. Grace brought salvation to my house. Grace brought salvation to my soul. I didn't deserve it, but he, you, you start to get a good definition of what grace actually is this morning. We didn't deserve it, but thank God for grace. I fell, I made mistakes. Thank God for grace. I deserve to be crucified. It should have been us on that cross. It should have been us being crucified. And I know we have to take up our cross and follow him. But without grace, we wouldn't even have the opportunity to take up a cross and follow him. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. See, this is what, this is what grace do. It leads us into a new life. Grace leads us into a new dimension. And it teaches us how to live and how to have hope and how to have hope in a tomorrow and how to have trust in a God that, that, that can give me what I need even when I don't deserve it. Thankful for grace. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 9, For I am the least of the apostles. Back to that 10 o'clock message. I'm the least. Paul, this is Paul, who wrote most of the epistles. The only one that wrote more words than Paul was Luke, because Luke wrote Luke and Acts, and there's actually more words in those than, than Paul wrote. But, but Paul wrote most of, the, most of the epistles in the New Testament. And he, he's like this great apostle, and, and he says, I'm the least of everyone. He said, that I am, that I am, uh, he said, you got to get this. For I am the least of the apostles that am not meet to be called an apostle. I'm not even worthy. I don't deserve to be called an apostle. You, you, I don't know if you caught that. He said, I am the least of the apostles. He calls himself an apostle. He says, I am the least of the apostles. That I'm not meant to be called an apostle. Because I persecuted the church of God. I held the coats while they stoned Stephen. I persecuted the church. He said, I, I'm the least of the apostles, but I'm an apostle. But it's not anything that I've done. <laughs> Verse 10. But it, he says, but by the grace of God... You, you got to get this. It's only by the grace of God, Paul said, I am what I am. I'm an apostle because of the grace. You're not hearing me this morning. You're an overcomer because of the grace of God. You're more than a conqueror through Christ because of the grace of God. Elder monks, you're an amazing godly man only because of the grace of God. Brother Cotton, we can live victorious only because of the grace of God. It's the grace of God that makes me what I am. 
I may be the least of the apostles, but thank God for grace, I'm now an apostle. I'm an apostle. I'm not up here or down here. I'm just a child of the king. I'm just a child of the king. I'm just a child. Oh, thank God for grace. Somebody give him thanks for grace. Somebody praise him for grace. Somebody shout with a voice of triumph because of grace. But by the grace of God, Paul said, I am what I am. And his grace. <laughs> he said, but, but the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace. I'm going to say it again. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me. He had grace for a murderer. He had grace for a persecutor of the church. Which he bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. What is Paul saying? He said, I used to be walking all by myself. Grace is walking with me. You talk about the suitcase. I used to have an empty suitcase, but now I've got a, a suitcase called Grace. And in that suitcase called Grace that's walking with me, there's salvation. There's joy unspeakable and full of glory. There's peace that passeth understanding. You're not walking alone, honey. You got grace walking right there with you. Rejoice not against me, oh my enemy. For when I fall, I shall arise. Why? Because even though I don't deserve to get up, grace helps me get up. Even though I don't deserve to live victory, victorious life, mom, grace helps me live an overcoming, more than conquering life. Thank God for grace. God is rich in mercy and his grace is sufficient. Grace is when, I'll define it again, when we receive blessings and things of God that we did not deserve. But let's talk about what mercy is. We're only halfway there. You see, I don't want to live without both grace and mercy. You say, you see, grace gives me things that I never deserved. <laughs> but mercy is when we are spared the things we do deserve. I deserve.
deserve to die on the cross but God. Honey, you deserve to, to be rejected. And, but God, who's rich in mercy, he said, I'm going to go to the cross. That's mercy. Mercy is God not giving us what we deserve. From sparing us from what we deserve. I read a story. I think I've shared this once before. It's just a cool story. I've got one. This is in my cool story section. It was a mother in France, whose son was in the army, done something, and she asked, begged the emperor of France, his name was Napoleon Bonaparte, she begged Napoleon to pardon her son. Napoleon said to the mother of the soldier in prison getting ready to be killed, it was her son's second offense and justice demanded death, he wrote back. Your son's second offense, justice demands death. The mother replied, I'm not asking for justice. I know what he deserves, but I'm asking for mercy. Napoleon said, he doesn't deserve mercy. The mother cried for her son. It wouldn't be mercy if he deserved it. And Napoleon let her son live and gave mercy. Mercy is being spared, being forgiven of things that we do deserve. That's why we sing songs like, you don't know like I know what he's done for me. You don't know the things that I've been spared from. You don't know the, 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 the sins that, that the blood has covered in my life. You don't know because you can't see it. But dude, let me just tell you, I, ain't got, I don't have to tell you every sin. We ain't got enough time. But let me just tell you, thank God for mercy. God's rich in mercy. He forgave me. He forgave me. He pardoned me. Lamentations 3.22, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. It's only because of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because, here's why, His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. God's mercies are new every morning. His mercy, the Bible says, is from everlasting to everlasting. I'm thankful for everlasting mercy today that even though you may have made a mistake, the mercy of God says He has made a way of escape. Mercy makes a way of escape. Mercy says you have a way out of what you rightfully deserve. 
Grace says, I'll give you things that you don't deserve. Mercy says, I'll spare you from the things that your soul does deserve. I'm thankful for grace, but I'm also thankful for mercy. You may be sitting here this morning. You might be a sinner. Maybe you've made some mistakes. I'm telling you this morning, there is grace and mercy for you at an altar this morning. There's mercy to forgive, and there's grace to empower you to live above sin this morning. His grace is sufficient. His mercies are from everlasting to everlasting today. Psalms 89, 14, justice and judgment are the habitation of thy throne. Mercy and truth shall go before thy face. I'm thankful for mercy. Thank you for mercy. Psalms 103, 17, the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto children's children. Psalms 108 and 4, for thy mercy, I'm still talking about mercy that spares us from what we deserve, from what we deserve, for thy mercy is great above the heavens, and thy truth reacheth into the clouds. Psalms 136, oh give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Micah Chapter 7, I'll, I'll take just a couple minutes here. If you're, gonna, if you're in a hurry this morning, you're just going to have to give Pastor a couple minutes. I, I feel this with everything in my core being this morning. Micah chapter 7, verse 18. Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? It's mercy that caused death to pass by the house where the blood had been applied at the Passover. That's why it was called the mercy seat that would put the blood and it would spare the people from what they rightly deserved. It would push ahead every year the sin. One more year. One more year of sparing. One more year of not having to deal with the penalty. One more time of one more trip around the throne of mercy. One more trip to the mercy seat. All the way to Calvary. When he is the perfect lamb was slain at Calvary. Amen. As an exemplification of mercy. Of, of sparing us the price that we pay. He paid the price. Because of mercy. Micah said, who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever. You think you made a mistake and you beat yourself over it, up over it. Can I tell you, God has mercy. He doesn't stay angry at the sin forever. He wants to dispense mercy. He wants you to get it under the blood. He said if you'll confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive. God is a merciful God. He doesn't want to hold it against you. He wants to give you mercy today. So, but you don't know I'm such a bad person. I've done so many bad things. But God, who's rich in mercy, as bad as you think is our, his grace is sufficient and his mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. He retaineth not his anger forever because he delights in mercy. He delights in mercy. He will turn again. He will have compassion on us. 
He will subdue our iniquities. And thou wilt cast, this is awesome, cast all their sins into the depths. Everybody say the depths. The depths of the sea. He said, I'm going to give you mercy. And when I am am merciful to you, I'm going to cast all your sins into the depths of the sea. I think it's so so cool how Jesus, as our example, was baptized in the River Jordan, where the River Jordan flows north to south, and it goes all the way down into the Dead Sea where nothing can live. But he says he's going to cast it into the depths of the sea. He's talking about the big body of water, not just the Dead Sea, but the ocean. The fathomless ocean. Did you know the average land elevation is 2,000 feet above sea level? I love how geography bears out scripture and it bears out types and shadows and meaning. I'm just going to give you a little something to chew on for a second. The depths of the sea, the depth and the height of land, the average elevation on the world, the the land elevation is 2,000 feet, 2,000 feet above sea level. The average depth of the ocean is 14,000 feet deep. The ocean is seven times deeper than the land is high. He can take whatever sin and cast it into the depths of the sea. That's called mercy. I said that's called mercy. Trying to help somebody this morning. You may be dealing with some sin. I'm telling you, there's an altar where you can repent. There's a, there's a place where you can repent. There's a watery baptism. The reason we baptize and immerse in a watery grave, we do it in the name of Jesus because we're commanded to. But it's so much deeper than that. I said it's so much deeper than that. We get to baptize in an ocean of mercy. When I baptize somebody in the name of Jesus, they're being baptized in an ocean in a depth that sin can't come back out. It's down at the bottom. No man can get to it. The pressure is too strong. Did you know down at 14,000 feet, the, the pressure of itself can't come up. Can I tell you once your sins are washed under the precious blood of the Lamb and He casts your sin into the depths of the sea, it has enough gravity of itself. It can't climb itself back out over the... Oh, I wish somebody would help me this morning. You, there's nothing more stronger, stronger, more powerful than the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Did you know the land is 23 million cubic miles? Of land mass, you take all the different continents of North America, South America, Africa, Asia, Australia, Europe, North America, Antarctica. You, can, you take all these continents and, and you to add it all up, it's 23 million cubic miles. Did you know the ocean is 323 million cubic miles? It is 14 times greater. His mercies are from everlasting to everlasting. His grace is always sufficient. Did you know you could put the tallest mountain on the, on the earth, Mount Everest, which has a peak of 29,035 feet, and put it in the deepest part of the ocean called Challenger Deep in the Mariana Trench, which is 35,797 feet deep, and you'd have 7,000 feet left over of water? 7,000? You don't think God knows what He's doing? He can cast your sins into the depths of the sea. Thank God for mercy. Let me me put it this way. Mercy has plenty of room for sin. 
Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 4, Paul said, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Thank God for mercy. And I'm coming to a close. That's why David said in Psalms 51 and verse number 1, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according into the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. David wrote the 23rd Psalm. Most everyone in here could probably quote it. I'm not going to go through the whole 23rd Psalm, but it's beautiful. I love the 23rd Psalm. But as in prayer and study, felt God just kind of edged me this way and dropped this, in my, in my, dropped this little nugget in my, in my spirit. And I said, okay, let me go look at that. You see, you don't find grace being talked about in the Old Testament, but we find grace being talked about in the New Testament. There's a lot of mercy in the Old Testament of God sparing the people what they rightly deserve. But because of after Calvary, we find, we find after, after the blood sacrifice, you find that His grace is always sufficient. You see, mercy spares us from what we did deserve, but grace gives us things we did not deserve. And, and, and David, I think, looks down in, 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 in time and he, 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 he writes Psalms 23, verse 6, and he says, Surely, goodness and mercy. The Hebrew word that we would equate to grace is here. Surely, goodness or grace and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David was saying, I'm thankful for the grace and the mercy of God. I'm thankful that God spared me from the things, from my sin. I'm thankful that His blood is still applied and has washed away my sin. I'm thankful that my sin could be taken up to the mercy seat of God on the ark. I'm thankful for the, for the mercy of God, but I'm thankful for grace. I'm thankful that not only has God spared me from what I rightfully deserved, but I or what, right, what I should have, should have received, but God also had grace to give me the things, Sister Maynard, that I didn't deserve. I love grace. It's sufficient, but I, I'm thankful. I want mercy too. You see, I, all my life I've heard grace preached. All my life I've heard mercy preached. But this is the first time, at least for me, maybe it's been done. There's nothing new in this, and I understand that. Some of you old timers, you probably heard it. But I've really never heard grace and mercy preached together like this. I, I don't want just grace. And I don't want to just have mercy. I gotta have grace. I gotta have the grace of God to give me what I don't deserve. But I gotta have the mercy of God to forgive me of what I do deserve. God, I'm a sinner. God, I'm a sinner. I don't deserve. I deserve spiritual death, but thank God it's a gift of God. It's eternal life. Thank you, God, for mercy. And by the
by the way, His grace is sufficient and His mercies for everlasting, everlasting. His mercies are new every morning, every day, every afternoon, in the morning, in the noontime, in the nighttime. His grace is always sufficient. His mercies are from everlasting to everlasting. Let's stand together this morning. If anyone understood, David understood, but if there's another one in the Old Testament that really understood, I think it was Job. And this might be just taking a little bit of liberty. I'm trying not to be taken out of context. But if you read in Job 1, I think it's verse 21. Job said, The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I don't know that I really ever understood that until this, this day. The Lord giveth grace. And the Lord taketh away mercy. I'll give you the things you didn't deserve. And I'll take away the things you did. Blessed. <laughs> Blessed. Thank you for grace and mercy. just wonder if anyone in this house this morning is in need of grace. Maybe you need something from the Lord that you didn't deserve, but God wants to give it to you. I tell you, I feel God wants to give you some grace. It's sufficient. And I wonder if there's somebody that says, I, want, I need some grace this morning and I didn't deserve it. But I also, God, I'm also in need of mercy today. I'm in need of sparing of things. I need to confess some things. I want to repent. I want to say I'm sorry. If you're here this morning and you think, I, I, de I, deserve, I deserve grace, you probably are more in need of mercy. But if you're standing here today and say, God, I, I need mercy, you're probably a prime candidate to receive grace. Church, come on, church family, can we all just come this morning? We all need grace and we all need mercy. I just invite everyone that would come. God, I need grace. I need mercy. God, there's some things that I need that I don't deserve, and there's some things that I deserve that I need to be spared from, I need to be forgiven from. I want to confess. I want to repent. Come on and call on the name of the Lord this morning. I believe the Lord is here this morning. He is good and He is ready to forgive. He is plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon the Lord. Come on, church, let's call upon the Lord. God is rich in mercy this morning.